Shushbox Podcast, a safe space for self-expression, healing, and empowerment. Brought to you by Chani Ra, writer and artist. Self-love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle. And Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. This is your host, Sunita, and today we will be talking about bystander intervention. I will put a small trigger warning as this episode mentions sexual harassment and assault. On Wednesday, 13th of October, a woman was sexually assaulted on a transit train in Philadelphia, US. A number of passengers reportedly looked on without doing anything to help, with some even recording the incident on their phones. In this week's episode of the Shushbox podcast, we are joined by Gabriela Mejia, who is the Communications and Programs Manager at Hollaback, and we'll be talking more about how you can be an active bystander in scenarios like this. So welcome, right. Gabriella, to the podcast. Thanks for having me in this podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you um, and... Yeah, we're super, super happy to be connecting with you again, because obviously we've, um, we've had a conversation before, which uh, was a very interesting conversation. So I wanted to bring you back onto the podcast to kind of recap and refresh the work that you're doing at Hollaback. So yeah, maybe we could start for those listeners who might not have heard of Hollaback with just a brief explanation of who you are and what you're about. Yeah, uh, so I can introduce myself, Gabriela Mejia. I'm Program and Communications Manager at Hollaback. And who we are at Hollaback is a movement. It's a people power movement to end harassment in all its forms. And what that means for us is that we create innovative tools for folks to use to bring an end to the culture that makes harassment seem okay. We've created trainings that we offer for free virtually to anyone, anywhere, to learn how to stand up to harassment in ways that are direct and indirect and really accessible and really are going to change our, our, our culture and our communities. Amazing work. Yes, I remember the last time uh, we were speaking about some of the initiatives that you were working on um, and something that you know still stands out now. And I try to remember them. It's still the five Ds. They try to remember what they were exactly. Um, and I think I, I have got them. But yeah, I would love for us to go into a bit more um, about the five Ds and the bystander intervention that you guys offer. Yeah, so the five Ds are these tools that we're always sharing and I would love to go through them. And to really set up you know, anyone learning or getting a refresh on the five Ds, it's important to discuss bystander intervention. Mm -hmm. This idea of being a bystander, usually if you just use the word bystander, I'm a bystander to something, it feels like like it's not full of action. Like it's not very powerful, but it absolutely can be being a bystander to something if you move into action. And we are doing that all the time for each other. We see emergency situations. We see someone needs medical help. And we know to call 911. We know to rush over there and help them up. But 
when we see other instances where we should be active bystanders, like harassment, we may sometimes freeze. We may sometimes sort of forget ourselves, forget uh, who we are, which is caring individuals that care about our community. So we may feel like we can't do anything or our minds go blank. And so we've created five tools, the five Ds, to remember that there's actions that we can take to help others when we see them being harassed, see them being disrespected in public spaces. And of course, we've adapted this to different spaces like online spaces. So the the very basic five Ds, and they go in order, I will share with you now. So the first one is distract, and it is causing a distraction to bring an end to harassment. And this was really broad and creative, and you can get as creative as you want, because a distraction can be a lot of things. It could be going up to someone and pretending you know them and getting them out of that situation by doing that, by being creative in that moment and telling them, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you busy right now? Do you want to get out of here? And just like that, you give them the chance to get out of a situation where they may have been harassed. That is a good one, actually. Sorry to just jump in. I'm like, yeah, that, you know, like you were saying, um, sometimes it, it may feel like we're powerless when we do see um, something happening. So I feel like mm-hmm. that seems like quite a simple but effective one that you could easily do as a bystander. Yeah, it, it's not a, our, our motto is that, these simple actions can have big impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can really help someone. So like you said, this is simple for, for some of us to do. Some some of us may also feel maybe we're not that creative or extroverted in that moment. You can still use distract by creating a loud distraction that will get attention away from that person mm. or uh, even just going up to them and asking them for directions and being in community with them in that moment is going to make them feel less alone and may, you know, make them less of a target because they're not alone. They're with someone now that uh, is paying attention to the situation. So Mm -hmm. that first one is distract. There's a million other examples of how to. I was just trying to think of something. I was like, what could you do? You could trip. No, I mean, what could you do? Like, uh, like trip over. (laughs) I I understand that what you're saying with it it's a simple practice in the sense of we're trying to diffuse and distract the situation Mm -hmm. whatever whatever way you want to do that but yeah I guess you can like you say get creative with it you could yeah I'm not going to keep um (laughs) noting them off I'm I'm gonna come with some crazy ones (laughs) I'm sure like but I'm sure we all have you know all these different ways where of, of how we'd approach distract and that's what's kind of like empowering about it that it feels like something we can do. We can figure yeah. out how to do. It's um, like a unique spin. You can put your own unique spin on it. Whatever distract means to you, you see the situation. What can you do to distract it? Yeah. What do you feel comfortable with? And something you'll notice is that distract is indirect. You're not engaging with the person doing the harassment. Mm-hmm. You're engaging with the person being harassed or with a group of, or the space around you. So it is indirect. It is very personalized to us. Mm-hmm. And all of these should be personalized to you. So use your own words. Uh, you don't have to use the, the examples I share, or you can, if that's helpful. Yeah. Um, now, the next key, the next one in our order is uh, delegate. Delegating to someone else mm-hmm. is something we suggest. 
in moments where you perhaps feel like a situation is escalating, it's maybe getting worse in some in some way. Uh, a, a great way to de-escalate situations is to involve more people. So if you are in public spaces um, or even private spaces, you can always delegate to other people around you and just get them involved by bringing attention to the situation, turn to them and say, hey, do you see what's going on over there? I think we should say something. I think we should do something. And just turning to the people around you is delegating. It is involving more people. But there's also the side of delegate where you can involve someone in a position of authority. Mm -hmm. And that could be the teacher, that could be uh, the flight attendant, uh, it could be the manager of the store you're at. Mm. And those people sometimes are trained uh, to, to help make sure that environments are safe to everyone and that everyone's being respected in a, in a space. So you can go to them and let them know, hey, this other uh, peer in this space is being harassed. Can you help me out? Uh, I want to show up in support of them. Mm. And uh, that is, th those are two ways to delegate. Something that we uh, find really important is that if you choose to delegate to uh, police or, or, or uh, any kind of police, we ask that you check in with the person being harassed first and ask them, do you want me to call the police? That is right, yeah. super important because mm -hmm. they can say yes and then you can go ahead and involve the police if that situation calls for that. But they could also say no. And then we want to respect what they say because they're saying no for a reason. We don't need to know the details. We just need to know that we're there to support the person being harassed. So if they don't want us to involve the, the police, we should find other ways to delegate, other ways to de-escalate the situation that are going to keep them safe. Mm. And gonna keep them uh, comfortable and reduce their trauma, not heighten it in any way. So that I, I is... understand that one, but just to be devil's ad advocate, what if the person was scared? Okay, they they are scared to say call the police, right? How do we know when to use our intuition in those cases where the person's saying, "I'm okay," no, you know, because this can be a response sometimes to these situations where they're like, mm -hmm. "No, no, I'm fine." Um, but you can clearly see that something isn't right. Would you advise then for that bystander to to follow their gut feeling or how would you approach that situation? I would say that the gut feeling there is likely not wrong. Mm. You may be seeing something escalating. So I would still encourage you to delegate. I would just say respect that that person doesn't want the police to be the one they delegate to. Got so you. you can still delegate to some like any other person in a position of power that is nearest to you um, and maybe involve a lot more people to help uh, de-escalate the situation. Mm. But if they say not the police specifically, then I would trust that there may be information you don't know about this person. You may not know their immigration status, for example, mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. there's a or, or past experience they've had with police. So it's true. I mean, it's sad that this is I mean, Obviously, this is a whole different podcast episode, yeah. but it is sad that, you, you know, the people that you think are there to protect you, aren't, it's not always the case, right? Yeah, it's always going to be important as a bystander to bring it back to the core mission of showing up in support of someone. So mm -hmm. as comfortable as we may feel 
or not comfortable, whatever your situation is with calling the police, you want to always show up in support of the person being harmed in that situation. And that is going to be the core of each action that you're going to take, whether it be distract, delegate, um, or any of the other Ds. We have to respect. We have to, even if there is a good gut feeling, like you say, um, and yeah, we can always get power in numbers, like more people rather than the actual authority, like you say, the police. It can be just more people on the street. Yeah, and there's always, uh, always going to be that, those situations where it's up to you. If it's a situation that truly seems out of control, like you said, there is that gut instinct. And I'm never going to say exactly what you should do in situations because it's going to be your gut as well in situations that maybe really seem out of control. There's no, you know, answer that will be right for every situation. It's always going to be your own instincts, but you're, you, you, you can also trust that the more you go into situations like this with the mentality to support someone, the more your gut instinct is going to give you some options, some answers. Yeah. Yeah, So that that was just like a pop-up question. I was like, wait, I'm going to just put my hand up and ask it. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, uh, one of our, our trainings focuses specifically on this issue that uh, we see in our communities of police-sponsored violence. Mm. And so we are happy as an org to discuss, you know, the different levels of comfort with police and the yeah. different uh, relationships there is there are there with harassment. So I appreciate your question. And, I, and we welcome any other questions people may have mm. uh, by hearing this conversation that maybe, maybe question marks popped up in your head Mm. Um, about your own response and if it's a question we can answer or we can inform better we're happy to to, to cover yeah thank yeah. you for that um okay so we've got how many we've got two d's out of the five <laughs> mm-hmm. we we are now on to the our third one which is document uh documentation can be really helpful i think the more time goes on the more we understand how helpful documentation is in our day and age. However, there are some best practices that we we want everyone to keep in mind when they choose to document the situation of harassment. First off, is the harassment ongoing? If it is ongoing and you decide to perhaps take your phone out and start filming or start taking pictures, but this person just keeps being harassed, they're not going to perhaps feel supported by you just pointing a phone at them. Mm. They may feel like they're being made a spectacle of. Uh, They may just at the end of the day not feel supported. So what we want to do is combine document with any of the other Ds Mm -hmm. to make sure the harassment is somehow coming to an end. So Mm -hmm. delegating perhaps to people around you say, I'm going to take some documentation. Can you go and get the manager? Can you say something? Do you feel comfortable saying something? Or helping this person really important to highlight saying it doing it in partnership with another day because you know although the power of social media like we've seen it can have an amazing effect you know bringing awareness to these issues but like you say if we bring it back to actually supporting the person in that scenario is live streaming what is happening in that instance really going to help yes and and live streaming is going to be a tool that we definitely are 
are building some best practices on mm. because another so so whatever documentation you take sorry let me backtrack whatever documentation you take whether it be uh, using your phone to take a video using your phone to take pictures writing down notes that is also documentation in certain spaces where we don't have access to our phones whatever you choose to do at the end of the situation we want you to check in with the person that was harassed and give it over to them whatever you have let them choose what to do with it whether they wanted to go online for, to bring awareness uh, that should be up to them because sometimes maybe they don't want everyone to see that moment in their life maybe they want to keep it in their private files to perhaps use to report use that documentation to file a report but never have anyone else see it again and that should be completely up to them uh, so we always want to make sure that when we take documentation we are not on our own uh just with our own making the our own decision to have it go viral or to share it out everywhere we want to make sure the person making that choice is the person who was harassed and uh, in our trainings you can find some more uh advice on the best practices to take documentation but those are the two key ones if it's ongoing bring it to an end and if after you're done you have this piece of documentation give it to the person who was harassed and they can then choose what to do with it. Yeah. That is our third day. It comes to, to consent. Yeah. I guess with filming, you mm. know, because then depend, I know, um, I think you mentioned it at the start, but you're actually active in a, in multiple markets, right? Uh, the UK, US, I know we've connected before, but there's lots of different places that Hollaback mm -hmm. is helping um, the communities and, you know, in different, places there are obviously guidelines and rules and laws around filming without consent absolutely that is a uh, that is key especially um because there are laws in different countries that make it so that certain parties have to agree to be filmed and sometimes if you decide to take your your phone out and start recording it may not be a realistic option for you you can still document, you can still document the situation. It's just that recording may not always be a choice for you. Um, and we, we go into more detail in those situations um, mm -hmm. in our trainings, but that is a great point to, br to bring up. Sorry, I just keep thinking of like the phone and I'm like, <laughs> I think I've got a social media on the brain today. I'm like, and then the streaming and this. But yeah, like you said, obviously there's a pen and paper as well. <laughs> there's other ways to document. There's, you know, without the technology, you can still mm -hmm. make note of what is happening. So mm -hmm. it's a good reminder that, I mean, it's a good reminder in life in general. It's not all about your phone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, there's other, your account is also very valuable. So if you write all the details you remember down, that is your account of a situation. And so that is our third D. Our fourth D is delay. Delay is, it's called that because it's a delayed action that you're going to take. And it's going up to the person after harassment has ended and asking them, are you okay? Checking in with them hey i saw what happened what can i do for you right now what do you need right now to feel safe i'm so sorry it happened it's not acceptable so those kinds of phrases words 
that are in our hearts already, sharing that with the person that was harassed is going to be so impactful because it's going to make sure that that person doesn't feel in any way that it was their fault that they were harassed. They understand that it's not an acceptable behavior in their community, so they don't feel uh, like an outsider in the community. And it just really helps with building that resilience with with helping them um, feel supported in that moment. It's it's a really powerful action that you can take, checking in with someone. Mm. So we suggest you combine it with any of the other days because it is so powerful. So after any intervention, after any situation, add delay to your actions. Uh, go up to them and check in with them and make sure they're uh, they're feeling supported. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not feeling okay. That's okay. Ask them, are you okay? Maybe they, maybe they're not. You can then help them in whatever way they tell you they, that you can. And so delay is uh, really, really powerful, even though it seems really simple. And, and we say uh, to do it after because um, sometimes harassment happens really quickly. And you maybe intervened in another way and it ended really quickly. That doesn't mean that your support is over just because the situation ended. You can still show up with delay and help still help that person on their way to um, building resilience after that event. So delay is, it's as as simple as asking, are you okay? I think the good thing with delay as well is, like you say, sometimes when people go through these experiences, it happens so quickly that you don't really realize what's happened and you might question yourself to, did that really happen? Or was that in my head? Mm -hmm. Like, was it such a big deal? So I think, again, if we can, as a community, as a society, voice um, after, you know, the delay, like you say, come up to somebody and ask them if they're okay, it almost... um, makes it feel valid as well what the person might be thinking you know because that person might be questioning was that harassment um was that am I overthinking it Mm, yes absolutely I think we like to share this basic definition of harassment as behavior that is unwanted and unwelcome and we found that people will attend the training and realize um it's like really heavy realization that these disrespectful behaviors that were happening to them are wrong Mm. they are considered harassment and so people will look back on a lot of experiences and sort of get that confirmation that what they knew at that in in that moment was wrong uh, to be said to them was is wrong and is considered wrong by the community so when we go up like you said and check in with them through delay. We're letting them know we saw what happened. I saw the same thing that you experienced. I saw it and I'm here for you. Mm. And I'm here and someone here in your community is on your side. And this is not acceptable actually in our community. And that can be really powerful. That actually just made me feel a bit emotional. I tell you, they're right. (laughs) Just thinking of it, um, you know, the work that we do at Shushbox and everything, it is about um, making survivors feel seen, heard and supported. So the more, Mm -hmm. you know, we can stand up for one another and 
call out these behaviors, right? Call out these yeah. behaviors that we're seeing. That is how we change our community's culture. And then that is how we change broader culture by simple actions that make it clear what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And that can be, delay can be part of that. And our final D, direct. So direct is the only direct action that we are sharing with the five Ds. The other four are indirect actions, uh, but direct is engaging with the person that is doing the harassment, going up to them and saying very clearly, succinctly, in a very final way, what you're doing is harassment, you need to stop it, and that's it. You don't need to get into a back and forth with them. We are not giving you a script to somehow change them or to win the argument that they may want to start. That person really isn't worth that kind of time that you're going to be, that that you have in that situation. The person that's worth your time in that situation is the person who was harassed. So we say, after you directly ask for the harassment to stop, turn to the person who was harassed and check in with them, make sure they're okay and that they're feeling safe. So direct is not going to be right for any of for, for all of us. We definitely stress that you assess your safety before you do direct. Some of us may feel like direct uh, may not be safe for, for us because of the identities we share with the person being harassed. Mm-hmm. Maybe the harassment could turn on us. And if that is the case, if you assess your safety and it doesn't feel right, we ask you to use any of the other four Ds in combination, however uh, you'd like. But if direct does feel doable for you, it feels like something you can do, that you your personality suited for it, or maybe you heard, hold certain privileges in a certain space, then you can uh, remember to just be uh, firm in what you're saying, be clear, name the behavior a good way to construct the sentence in this moment for those of us whose minds go blank. Name the behavior, ask for it to stop, and that's it. Don't get into a back and forth. Turn to the person that was harassed and take care of them. So that uh, so, so that you're always honoring the fact that you're taking care of the person being harassed. Not trying to be a hero, not trying to uh, change someone's whole personality or ideology or whatever's causing that person to harass others. Uh, your goal is clear. With all of these five Ds, your goal should be to support someone. So uh, my sort of final question to everyone that you can ask yourself is, which of these Ds feels like it's really suited for me? Like we call it a superpower, even though they're small, simple actions. Which one are you really, really good at uh, that you can remember from now to maybe... uh, if you ever need it and keep that one, you know, close with the awareness that you can use all the D's, you can use them in a different order that may make more sense and you can use them and hopefully you won't have to use them actually. I mean, bringing it back around, it is good to have those, those um, reminders, like you say, and those tools for when we do see these behaviors, because sadly the case is, it's happening. It's happening a lot, isn't it? Um, 
And this is obviously talking about harassment that's um, taking place like on the streets, um, maybe in the workplace. Um, I know also you mentioned you are doing some work with online harassment. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit more about the online world and how, how we can help each other in feeling safe online. Absolutely. Uh, I think with online spaces, we maybe have all experienced this. It's, there's a, a level to intervention that feels a little riskier because we don't know all the parties involved all the time. People can hide their identity. People may get a little bit more bold in how harmful they are with their language and their actions because they can sort of hide their identity. So we, uh, we were really, um, we really sat down to adapt the five Ds to online settings in a way that would keep the person doing the, uh, the person being the bystander safe and also help really support the person that's being harassed mm -hmm. uh, online. Online, we see different tactics for harassment that are not possible in person, like large groups of people doing the harassment together towards one person at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, we see things that in person maybe are, are, are not possible, like doxing, like getting all, the, some, all of someone's private information and sharing it online with the intent, uh, with that negative intent to expose their private information. We see different kinds of harassment online. And so we have to adapt the ways that we show up for each other, that we also take care of ourselves in online spaces. Um, because there is a lot of issues with privacy. So we adapted the five Ds. They, are, they do look different than what I've just said uh, when you adapt them online. For example, direct becomes a lot more complicated. And our suggestion with direct is to hold back when you don't know the people involved um, and to use other of the Ds, other actions to support a person and not directly engage with people that are being harmful online that are complete strangers to you because of some uh, issues with, with, with your own uh, security and, the, the, and privacy online. So while direct is sort of, we ask you to hold back on direct, there are other Ds that sort of shine a bit more or are very important in online spaces like document. Mm. Um, and hopefully, you know, as uh, platforms start being more responsible with uh, their own responses, delegate will also end up changing um, than what we, we suggest. So if anyone is sort of interested for that detailed breakdown of how the 5Ds show up in online spaces and maybe keeping that as a resource, I encourage you to come join us at our hour-long training. We have, uh, uh, we're making a November be the month where we're really focusing on online harassment. And so we have a training on the 12th um, and we are looking to schedule more trainings for bystander intervention to be an ally, an ally for online abuse. So uh, I encourage you to check us out at iHollaback.org 
check out our trainings and sign up for that one or for any of the other ones that maybe feel like something you want to know, you want to have in your toolbox, uh, or you want to share with someone uh, that you care about that may need this information. Amazing. Thank you so much. And those um, training sessions, they're open for like the general public. Anybody can join. Absolutely. Uh, anyone can join. Currently, uh, our online harassment training is offered only in English, but our bystander intervention training to stop anti-Asian slash Asian American and xenophobic harassment, uh, that training is being offered in different languages. Uh, we just had a, had two sessions, one in Korean, one in uh, the major Chinese languages, and now we're uh, scheduling one in Vietnamese and more languages to come. And we're hoping to keep expanding the languages we offer these, our trainings in. That's amazing. I mean, I was just thinking that I, I want to come to the online one on the 12th. But <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's just so important to, because um, you hear about so much, you hear about all these um, instances, but yeah, it's hard knowing what to do in those scenarios. And you would think that platforms would be a bit more accountable and it should be that way moving forward. I mean, just to wrap it up and with like a final question, how do you think we can end? What is the answer to ending harassment? I think uh, to bring it back to sort of our mission statement, people, lots of people. So culture is going to change through small actions being done by a lot of people. So sharing every, anything you learn about bystander intervention with your with your circle and then your circle sharing it with their circle that is gonna shift how uh, we interact with each other and and gonna give everyone sort of some new tools for taking care of each other so i'm i, I i'm of the we hollaback really are of the belief that culture will change because we've seen it change already. We saw it change in the last five years. It's changed a lot. People are really looking for these tools. People really care and are putting a, a name to that need for supporting each other. In the last 10 years, the conversation around taking care of uh, folks that are experiencing harassment instead of making fun of them or ridiculing them or just pushing them aside, like their hurt doesn't matter that's changed. So culture is changing. We just have to make sure that the people we love, the communities we love are changing alongside and are, are pushing that change in the right direction. So that is sort of my, what I always try to, to touch back into when, I, when, when I'm doing the work. You're so right. It's power to the people, man. It's like that ripple effect. <laughs> yeah. It was so lovely speaking with you again. Um, yeah, I just love the work that you're doing and I'm happy to be connected. The Shushbox podcast is brought to you by the team at Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.